Hello to all you sexy people out there in Radio Land. This is Gem Girls on KJIZ, pronounced cages for all you unfamiliar nasties. The hottest station on the dial, bringing you queer, problematic reads on your least favorite cartoons from the 80s. With an extra special focus on the best worst among them all, Gem and the Holograms. I'm one half of your radio host duo, Orvis Jones. Uh, and I'm Hakuna Matitties. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, Orvis, with your voice, but you sound super creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this week we're fully embracing the fictional radio show that is our podcast, getting our discs all up in some jockeys and putting the sand in some vocal fries for season two, episode 15, KGEM. Which, if you couldn't tell by the stupid-ass name, is all about radio stations. Hence the creepy-ass radio announcer voice that Orphis is using, which I think he can stop right now. I don't think I can. (laughs) That's just the way I talk now. (laughs) Oh no, are you going to be able to do this for the entire podcast? Oh yeah. (laughs) Great. I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, and you know, maybe this is a good thing since I've always found your voice a little grating anyway, kind of like a bridge troll high on sugar from too many Capri Suns. So this might be an improvement. Oh, (laughs) but actually my voice is angelic. A fact, also a fact. This episode of Gem originally aired on October 29th, 1987, and is written by the High Gemissary herself, matron of eyeballs, <laughs> a truly vital piece of the orphan-making machine. Yes. The one and the only Christy Marks. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, been way too long, girl. Uh, yeah, Where it's been? been a minute, Ms. Marks. <laughs> uh, anyways, according to Ms. Marks's Gem Bible, this is... The introduction of KGEM radio station. Jerrica tries to save a small radio station with help from a group of college kids. The misfits are tricked by a rival station, KBST, into doing a pirate broadcast with Jam's KGEM signal. Wow, really giving it all away. Yeah, yeah, she, uh, these Bible verses are quite lengthy <laughs> and verbose. A little bit mystery in my, uh you know, uh, religious passages. Well, we just have to be super pious and just accept the Lord, just accept the Lord's word as it comes. Of course, of course. But I do want to point out in that intro, in the, uh, in the gem Bible verse, as we'll call it, um, <laughs> as it is written, uh, she uses introduction of K-Gem and I'm like, oh, was K-Gem supposed to be kind of like a running thing throughout the show? Maybe future episodes? I don't think we see it ever again. I guess not, but I, I do wonder if there was a toy that, like, one of those setting, like, a Barbie house or whatever, like, a radio station that people could buy, and that's why they introduced it. Yeah, that would make sense with the fucking annoying-ass song afterwards, too. <laughs> but, yeah, that wasn't a song. That was just a jingle. No. It was terrible. <laughs> um, actually, so something I learned from Miss Fame, the drag queen, is that Gem and the Holograms, the show, actually had very high ratings, but the doll sales were pretty low to justify the show because uh, Mattel or Hasbro, whichever one didn't own Gem, the one that owned Barbie, Mattel. they caught 
Mattel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They caught wind of Jem was going to come out. So they introduced like Rocker Barbie or Rock Girl Barbie like a month before the Jem dolls came out to kind of like take over that market. Wow. So shady. Yeah, mad shady. I kind of love it. Uh, So evil. That... That being said, apparently, yeah, the ratings for a kid's show for Gem were quite high. But because it never sold toys, which was the purpose of most cartoon shows in the 80s and still today, the show got canceled. Much like Green Lantern, the animated series, which is one of the best cartoon shows of recent memory. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> right, right. I keep, I always forget when we're in this space that I like, when I make cartoon references, you don't understand any of them. <laughs> no. I mean, like, I support you and I appreciate your spirit, but do I know what you're saying? No. Okay, you made it sound like, <laughs> I don't know, I'm going through some sort of transition or operation. <laughs> No, I'm just saying you're special. Like you're I, a special little boy, <laughs> and I just want to pat you on the head and give you bonbons. Thank you. Thank, I am a special little boy, and I do think that's accurate because emotionally, mentally, <laughs> developmentally, 12-year-old, like, I'm just stunted at 12. <laughs> Aren't we all? I hope not. <laughs> but I feel like 12 years old kind of defines you in a lot of ways. I feel like 12 years old is like the darkest year of your life. <laughs> I know. 11, 12? Like, that's some real shit. It was awful. It was just simply Do- awful. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think, like, the tween, preteen years get enough credit for how, yeah, terrible they are. Uh, way worse than actual puberty. Um, and, yeah. you know, you lose all the, um, the innocence, the joyful vigor of <laughs> your younger years, which to be honest, I actually really didn't really have either. I was kind of a depressed kid. Aw. Well, now you're living your boyhood now and that's what matters. <laughs> that's what matters. I'm just a forever boy. <laughs> forever boy. <laughs> a never ever boy. Forever boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a, for- I'm forever boy. The boy of forever. <laughs> That actually sounds like a pretty cool god-like creature. The forever yeah, he's gonna boy. be uh, yeah, he'll be a deity in my young adult uh, novel series that may or may not inv- involve vampires. I just see this like little boy in lotus position floating in the sky with a third eye. That's like a gem radiating light. Uh, but then like all around him is like very infantile. Uh, like pleasures so he just has like a bunch of like uh candy everywhere some video game stations with the cords all mixed up yeah yeah he's a forever boy yeah i like him i like forever boy yeah i yeah i'm boys forever boy forever boys forever (laughs) boys forever now (laughs) that before e you know boys forever sounds like a boy band yeah, but like also like a hyper creepy, <laughs> going for the pedophile market boy band. Because it's like the opposite of boys to men, you know? <laughs> men to boys, boys to boys, boys forever boys. It's forever. <laughs> so men to boys, boys to boys, boys forever. <laughs> With their new single. Um, so anyway, to get back to <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. um, we're not even on the episode yet. So, so we're, um, my question to you about all of yeah. this and Christy Marks is, 
did Christy have plans to keep the station as a running plot thread? Um, sounds like it with the whole introduce thing, but uh, we should probably leave this topic for another time because does it really yeah, matter? Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. Zero percent. Also, as I was going to the gem Bible to pray, um, I saw that this is like like the fifth last or the sixth last episode that she writes. She only writes like, you know, five more episodes. Wow. Which I'm a little bit like Chrissy Marks. Like you really dropped the ball in season two, season three. Like, where were you? Well, I guess maybe once Hasbro, Hasbro realized that the dolls weren't selling very well, they wanted to pull her for another project. Because she's a writer on a lot of series. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I hope I hope for that for Christy Marks. What other series has she done? She, like, notably. Like, though. all of them have worked on G.I. Joe. I think she even right, developed right. But, like, one. I feel like... G.I. Joe is like a fucking revolving door of these 80s writers thing kind of thing. And I think it's a lot of prestige. It's like the you know the town bike. Everybody gets a ride. <laughs> or the town whore. Well, you know, that's what I meant. Yeah, true. Um, you said the subtext in a clever way. And yeah, I... you said that over text. <laughs> took it explicit. So ham-fisted. Um, so heavy-handed. I like ham-fisted. I'm really glad. I like ham-fisted because it sounds super dirty. Well, I just imagine, like, your fists and two hams and you're banging the table with them. (laughs) (laughs) The only reaction you can truly have when both your fists are consumed by two hams. Exactly. You must smash things. Like they're Hulk hands or something. I mean, the only uh, option is to eat them or to use them to destroy society. Who right to bludgeon <laughs> other humans with them? <laughs> for sure, for sure. I get that. I really do. I really do. That being said, ham-fisted also just sounds like you know, uh, like a a slutty a slutty term you would call someone who likes getting fisted. You know. You know how they call, like, you know, like a little piggy would be, like, kind of like, you know, someone like... Oh, yeah. You call them during a sexual encounter or a pup, like, getting ham-fisted. Yeah, I mean... Or being ham-fisted. Yeah, I guess if you fisted Miss Piggy, you would be ham-fisted. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Getting fisty with Miss Piggy. (laughs) That is her name, right? From the... Miss Piggy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly, feminist icon. Yeah, she's, like, got it going on, honestly, for, like, a pig in a dress. Uh, I'm living. Oh, dude, yeah. She's not like that babe who fucking used Let a Spider do all the work. <laughs> that, that was babe, right? No, was that Charlotte's... What was the... the what was the pig's name in Charlotte's Web? Uh, Filbert? Something like that? I don't know. I honestly have never read Charlotte's Web. Wow. I know. I mean, it's a very short story. <laughs> I mean, it's not the fact that it's long or short. I've just never had it placed in front of my eyes, and I've never sought it out. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's about a pig. There's a spider in the balls. Unfortunately, not a spider pig, which would be far more interesting of a story. <laughs> but uh, let's get to the task at hand, which yeah. is this fucking episode of Jolograms. Uh <laughs> Patent pending jolograms. Nice. Jolograms? J-holograms. <laughs> oh my god, remember when they used to say holograms all the time? 
Dude, I know. I swear to God, it's an American thing. I, I hear people. I like. I listen to a podcast with dude in it where holograms come up. I'm not gonna say infrequently, like semi frequently, and he's a he's a holer. He says holer. He's a holer. Oh wow, a hole in one. Yeah, <laughs> except <laughs> except I don't know. I feel that's like a hole in one, but like four over par at the same time because. <laughs> I am personally, I'm not very holy. I like a hollow. Mm-hmm. Hologram. Aren't <laughs> holes, aren't holes hollow? Well, that's a whole other, we don't have time for this. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. Very true. So. The essence of holes. Uh, yeah, but let's go on. To get back to the actual episode we're talking about we open to an orphan jazzercise class right, um, right which is pretty fun dance is instructing them that's less fun yeah exactly it started off strong and then you know really dipped in uh, my enthusiasm levels levels like oh sharp v this bitch is here again great yeah i was like oh i guess they're kind of dancing it's exercise <laughs> dancing uh and they take a quick break and they want to listen to some tunes or put on some dance music. And everyone is like, oh, we all listen to K-L-I-K. It's like, no, K-V-S-T. <laughs> oh, what about K-M-E-L? Uh, but apparently not K-M-E-L because <laughs> no one listens to it as these little orphan girls tell us. Yeah, it's Stink City, said the blonde one I do not recognize. Oh, yeah, these orphans came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> You can't just throw orphans at us without warning. Yeah, like, just give me a one rando and a Bonnie or an Ashley. Someone <laughs> someone who I can recognizably hate, you know? Right? Otherwise, why are we doing this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's less fun. It's like, you know, when, um, when you're having sex and, like, you care for the person, it's better. <laughs> Hating on an orphan, it's better when you know only have a rapport, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Wow, that sounds very toxic. <laughs> I mean, only to orphans. <laughs> if you're not an orphan, don't worry, we got you. Yeah, like, as a half-orphan, I can say these things. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> not how that works on multiple levels. I'm pretty sure it is. Pretty sure it is as a, as a, like, a full non-orphan. I don't know if you get to decide this. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. I can't define your truth. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, um, speaking of random, yeah, speaking of random moral lessons, dance <laughs> turns everyone hating K M E L into of like a hey, you know, just because this radio station is shitty doesn't mean like you shouldn't listen to it. Which I was like, fuck off, dance. Like, what kind of well, that is such a? It's not a good lesson. No, and I feel like the entire episode is rooted in this lesson that is quite flimsy especially since radio is like not really a thing anymore and i can't relate to it that well radio is a thing radio of like one i mean you obviously used to be much larger before like television and stuff like that but you'd be surprised how many people listen to the radio and radio audiences haven't really lowered mm. because people fucking drive dude when they're in the car they listen to the radio that's true that's that's very true. Um, sorry to the radio industry for my yeah. Ignorance. Respect radio, <laughs> radio ho. Uh, like video may have killed the radio star, but that bitch came back three days later. Christ <laughs> um. So anyway, 
they turn the dial to KMEL, which is playing Gem. Which it's like, if you're trying to drive home the point that a radio station doesn't have to be popular to play good music, it's like, why? Like, it's playing the most generic music there is. Um, yeah, why... you, you're, not, you, you're not selling the case with a, with a gem track no. on KMEL. And of course, because dance is there, it has to be It's Only Me and the Music. When I take the floor, as I've often done before, I feel the change come over me. I get such a thrill, it feels like time standing Yeah, which I think she's done like four times already. Like dance, we get it. And it's you dance. <laughs> and she has a lot of hair, and she's working yeah, this yeah, hair. Yeah. Um, and dude, there are some good moments. There There's are, some, some good, good moments video. in this video. Like her rainbow hair turned into a rainbow music sheet. Yes, with in uh, space, in space, in space. A lot of space in this. A lot of like music notes in space and surfing. Um, music notes right right space. right right of course important detail at one point i feel like christy marks really comes through with a really hot giant eyeball moment <laughs> early on because it zooms in on dance's eyeball and bitches a lot of fucking eyeshadow and then she and then dance jumps out of that same eyeball <laughs> Uh, it's an eye and then proceed yeah, exactly and then proceeds to ride music notes into the galaxy <laughs> of course it makes so much sense right um, right right and she does another hair flip which turns into a dove um, oh yeah true 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 they actually repeat that dove frame i don't know if you noticed at the end of the I song did. there's like a second dove and i'm like oh okay same dove i mean they put forth a lot of creative energy into making the first half of this music video. I suppose that's true. And at one point they're like going down like a world rainbow spiral thing (laughs) that I found very trippy. Um, At one point they see like she's in an orb in space writing a music note. Well, it turned out to be just the orphans looking at her through the telescope. But for a second, right, right, I right, thought it was right, just right, like right. a bubble in space of her like floating inside. And I yeah, thought yeah, that was yeah, yeah. cool. It was, it was. And despite that there are a lot of cool space moments, <laughs> we do have to point out that a lot of this is interspersed with some like really weird interpretive dance nonsense that dance is doing with these orphans. And at one point towards the end, they form a doggy style triangle with all their heads meeting at like the point. I didn't like it, dude. I didn't like it one bit. That is not what happened. Are you kidding me? It was like a- They were on all fours <laughs> and their heads touched to form a triangle thingamajig. It was weird. I mean, it, it kind of seemed like they were worshipping the rain gods or something because their arms would, like, flail up and then they would, like, go to the ground and flail up. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I had some pagan vibes. Like, I feel you. Yeah, that's I got mainly pagan vibes from it. 
I appreciate that. That's a little bit better than I think uh, where my mind went to it. All I'm saying is it was real. It was just weird to see. I didn't want to see, you know, two little girls and an adult woman uh, do that. Yeah, um, I can see why. I can see that you're very scarred and we should probably move on. I'm scarred, yeah. Interpretive dance is triggering. (laughs) Uh, But afterwards, after this little music video... Uh, we're at KMEL, and uh, some dude with shades is announcing everything. His name is Mondo. It's like, okay, I don't know about was that. Was it Mondo or Bondo? Oh, I thought it was Mondo. Yeah, maybe it was Mondo. I don't know. That's not. It could have been Bondo. That's not could've a name. <laughs> it's just not a name. I mean, neither like Bondo nor Mondo are really names. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's there's Mondo. With the sunglasses and ginger hair, who kind of right, right. has like a pretty creepy voice. Um, yeah, yeah, he sound he has his radio voice, and we hear his like quote unquote real voice afterwards. And it's um, I have some I have some thoughts <laughs> I'll, I'll share later. Um, and then there was some other dude in some sort of army onesie, um, and we cut to three men talking to. Um, presumably the owner of this radio station and they're basically quitting because kbst is offering three times the amount of money so right and this is um it's like one of the senior disc jockeys yes. which i will always refer to instead of djs because disc jockey sounds so much cooler than dj that's true uh and his lead like audio engineer uh they're leaving him they they refer to him and they refer to him as l's for a good chunk of this. And I'm like, what the fuck is this person's name? <laughs> but they also changed it at some point. Like, it was like Elzma or like... Uh... It's it's Elza, I think. Or Elzer? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's one of... I think it's Elzer. I think, they, I think they say Elza. And then afterwards, it's Elzer. I gotta tell you, there were many names in this episode that did not really roll off the tongue or... Oh, yeah. Like... Some dude's name is Switch. <laughs> That's not a name. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so funny. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so um, these two dudes are piecing out because they got better job offers. And then enter literally the most like snively evil <laughs> lawyer looking type to ever grace the screen of anything. With the most appropriately evil music accompanying him. Uh, yeah, and he kind of walks through, uh, looking. I don't know. What did you get? Like, what did you think of his vibe? Like, what what went to your head? Um, well, he was wearing a purple suit, so kind of Joker esque, but like he also looked like he was wearing some sort of zoot suit from the nineteen twenties. So he just looked like a mobster. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It was a unique combo of the two. I referred to him as Snively Ratface for the rest of the episode <laughs> because I don't know if we ever learn his name. And also, I just felt, I got very strong rodent vibes. Yes, he did look like a rodent in a tuxedo. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, Snively Ratface approaches <laughs> the owner of KMEL, and this is where he says, like, oh, you're Elza or Elzer Marcus, which I was like, interesting how it's not two first names, it's a last name, then a first okay, name. Okay, but it's Elzer... <laughs> Any kind of name. No, but it sounds like it could be a last name. Like, if his name was Marcus Elzer, I'd be like, oh, okay. That could be a name. <laughs> but Elzer Marcus is like, I don't know what you're saying. 
Is Elzer like Fryer or something? Fryer Marcus. I don't know. I don't know what this name was and I don't know how she came up with them. Me neither. Me neither. Because uh, there's another it's... one um, who we'll meet soon. Okay. Okay. Um. So, yeah, he comes in with a briefcase and he makes an offer to the employer. Um, Els, Marcus. Elzer. Els. 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 Els for short. And um, this guy is pretty shifty. The offer is pretty trash. Um, and Els is like, listen, even if I signed this deal, it wouldn't pay for the bills. Um, and this guy, Snively Ratface, is like, would you rather sell or go bankrupt? Right, right. Which is so cutthroat and so 80s. I kind of love it because it's like, yo, dude, you're going to go broke anyways. You might as well, you know, cut your losses. Yeah. Uh, at one point, Snively Ratface pulls out a pen and it straight up looks like he's going to stab <laughs> Elzer. Uh, anyways, uh, Mondo, the aforementioned uh, DJ guy, and a bunch of kids are apparently interning at the station. They're all from the same college. And they're basically like, no, dude, you can't sell your uh, your station we'll, you know, do what we can. We'll hold a fundraiser or something. And Elzer is basically like, no, that's the stupid idea, children. Yeah. Um, that is not going to work. And the kids come back with like, look, we'll find a financer from somewhere. And I found it interesting here how Els is basically like, yeah, all right, you have until like tomorrow, whenever I finish my news broadcast, to find a new financier. And dictates these terms to Snively Ratface. And I was just like, that's not how a business deal works, <laughs> particularly when you're in, like, the lower end of the power spectrum here. Yeah. And also, this guy doesn't really seem to have great business sense to begin with because as soon as this guy comes in with a deal and a pen and a contract ready to sign, he's like, okay, I should just sign it without even, like, really reading it or taking a night or something. That is true. He could have read through it. Like, I imagine this isn't Snively Ratface's first attempt, but you should be reading whatever you're signing. Yeah, for real. Um, well, okay. So this guy looked super shady from the jump. And I was like, is he an Eric Raymond goon? But I know. That's what I assumed as well. But yes, yes, go on, go on. But he's not. And we find this out in the following scene where we cut to the office of the CEO or president or whatever of KBST. The evil executive the evil of KBST. Executive. <laughs> uh, who, you know, person of color, really nice to see a high-powered <laughs> executive who is black, but also, I guess, kind of evil, so it makes it less cool. But he was a great character. He was. I really enjoyed him out-eviling uh, Eric Raymond. Oh, dude, that was, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. Eric we'll get Raymond to that. We'll get to wishes that. he could be this guy. Exactly, 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 exactly. And also, I mean, the percentage of African-American <laughs> CEOs is very, very small. Smaller, I'm sure, than in the 80s. So, you know, this guy, like, he probably is, he's very savvy. Very savvy, very savvy, and very sleazy, most I, importantly. <laughs> most importantly, like all good villains, uh, yeah, looks like he's gonna, you know, fuck you over or fuck you. Each one, either one. Um, so yeah, the misfits are in the office as well. And 
Um, they're basically saying some sort of chant or whatever, doing an ad for KBST and some sort of audition slash ploy by Eric to get this guy to give them more airtime. Uh, and they actually all look great while doing it. I thought their outfits were really nice, they, except for... Um, Jetta, who I always call Mildred. Um, <laughs> she so I wrote her down in my note, Mildred, because I couldn't remember her name. Uh, she looked terrible. And then also kind of goes off about how she was being like tight with Lady Diana. And I was like, woman, she passed away. Have some respect. I know. Like, um, Jesus. Like, come on. Uh, uh, but I love how, like, Mr. Lassiter, is that his name? Yes. Uh, and I just wanted to say... I heard laxative, and that's what I'm calling him. <laughs> Mr. Laxative. It was definitely Lassiter. Uh, but whatever, whatever. Um, but he, yeah, he basically shuts Jetta down and kind of makes fun of her and gets back to, like, the, the deal at hand. And I was like, yo, like, this daddy doesn't fuck around. I was pretty here for it. Yeah, pretty much. And basically, um, Eric is like, listen... I will give you more money. I'll give you money every time you play a Misfits song. And Laxative is like, you're speaking my language. Fluent money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I love uh, it. And at this, I loved it too. And at this point, we don't really know he's even evil yet. So this first exchange is like, yo, he's working Eric Raymond, putting fucking Jetta in her place. Like, come through, Mr. Laxative. Uh, but then... Snively Ratface comes through, and that's when you realize, like, oh, okay. He is technically evil. He's a laxative... <laughs> He's a laxative's lackey. Hey, whoa, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, a laxkey. <laughs> We're workshopping Doesn't it. Doesn't work. Um, so, All right. <laughs> basically, not everything has to be a portmanteau. <laughs> uh... I beg to differ, but go on. Um, so basically, Snively Ratface comes in sheepishly holding the briefcase, tells Mr. Laxative that there's been a snag, and that they're trying to find a new backer uh, by the end of the night. Laxative. Uh, Mr. Last, yeah, Laxative like pops off on Sna- Snively. Uh, gets, <laughs> like it's pretty, gets pretty heated, and I was pretty into it too. He's like, all right, you know. Just abuse a guy. That's, that's all good. Yeah. Um, like, I want KMEL out of business now. You know, if you fuck this up one more time, you got to get out of my face. You'll never live to see another day. He didn't say that, but like. He didn't, but like he implied it and it was hot. <laughs> um, but then we get some backstory with Mr. Laxative. Because uh, he says, like, I want KEML or KMEL out of business because Elzer was like my first boss. And he didn't like the way I did business. And I was like, oh, Elzer's a racist. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I feel like this guy was embezzling funds. But anyway. Probably. Probably. But I like this. I like the narrative where Elzer is just secretly a racist. Oh, I mean, he probably was. You're right. I didn't right, see right. any people of color among his staff. True, actually. All the college kids are white kids. Mm-hmm. And, like, Shayna, I mean, nowhere to be seen, as per usual, but that was probably more Jem than Elzer. Jelzer. That would be their couple, couple name. Jelzer. I ship them. I ship them. Yeah, me too. Me too. There's an age gap, but, like, what is aging nothing but a number? Yeah, I don't even remember this man, really, and how old he was, so 
It works. Um, uh, but yes. Anyways. Laxative is basically like, you know what? Okay, I threatened you, sure. But actually, what do we have to fear? What could these college kids possibly do? Um, and so we cut to the college kids, like, kind in in some sort of lounge area. Yeah, we're, we're at a college eatery, is what I called it. <laughs> Bunch of people are eating. There's probably food around. And they're talking about what they're going to do. And they see a cover of Gem on a magazine. And they're like, this is it. This is perfect. Because Gem is a good do- do-gooder. And I I knew Kimber in high school. Basically, so dude, the, the way I took it was they were like, oh, where can we find money? Where can we find money? And they're like, oh, someone rich and gullible. Of course, Jim. <laughs> uh, and yeah, that's where we learn um, the blonde kid, his name is Switch, went to school with Kimber, as you mentioned. And this is where I was like, I'm pretty sure we're in like like a, like a, like it's a plot within a plot. Because this is like a mini like university campus movie within an episode of Jim. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's And, like, true. Mondo is, like, played by the actor who's actually 40, but still in yes, these fucking movies. Yes, yes. That's the exact vibe I got from yeah, Mondo and that's his Boys. whole vibe. Exactly, exactly. That was his whole vibe. He's definitely 20 years older than everybody. Uh, and, anyways, I actually I actually really enjoyed, because uh, they pitched Jem as a, as a means of finding some monies. And this redhead girl that they're sitting with basically comes through with some dope insight because she's like, yo, Jem only does that charity stuff for publicity. Yeah. like, all right, you get it. You get it. She sees right through it. I love it. Uh, I loved it. There's also this like curly, like black haired dude who was sitting there. He was pretty hot. Of the, of the quartet or five tet. Five <laughs> uh, quintet. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, you're welcome. Never make a mistake was- like that again. <laughs> I was aware it's just, you know, 5'10", I feel, is a little bit more colloquial. People don't know what a quintet is. People don't listen to our podcast. You know what? There come people. They're going to be like, Quinn, what? They're like, oh, five, thank you. Sure, you're just going to pretend you're being a good person and didn't just forget the word. Mm -hmm. Uh... Okay, mm-hmm. for one thing, I'm I'm always pretending I'm a good person, so <laughs> it's not in this moment. That's been going on for a while. Uh, and two, I swear, I str- I know the word quintet. I'm aware quin comes after core. Sextet <laughs> would be the seventh, or the sixth, I should say. I don't know. Six. Okay, no. Sextet. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then a septet, I believe. Septet is seven. Yeah, seven, exactly. Um... So, okay, Octet. now that we've gotten that out of the way. Did we, though? Did we ever really get out of the way? No, we need to know every <laughs> number. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. Um, so, basically, they have this plan for one of them to go to their mansion and for the other one to catch them at Starlight Music. So, we cut to Starlight Music, where the guy at the front desk is no longer that German lady, Agatha, or whatever her name is. It's like right. some ginger creep in a white suit. I kind of loved him, mainly because we're continuing the tradition of bitchy secretaries, <laughs> and we just happen to get like a male bitchy secretary. True. 
Um, but he also looked like the ginger version of the Russian lady from Rocky IV. Oh my god, that's such a deep cut. <laughs> you, you know, the one who was married to like flavor. Yeah, Bridget Nielsen. She looks like ginger male Bridget Nielsen, which is to say b- ginger Bridget Nielsen. <laughs> um, yeah, she exists outside of gender, I feel. Yeah, exactly. She really does. Uh, anyways, I was pretty here for this male bitchy secretary. I liked him. Um, sure. I found him creepy. Um, but he tells <laughs> this dude, I can't remember if it's Mondo or Switch at this point. He tells him that they're doing a private show at Cloud Nine Restaurant, which as it turns out is at some landing strip airport type situation. And it's a pilot's club. And the dude, so like when you we, when we pan through the pilot's club and we see the exteriors, didn't it look like a dilapidated building or something? <laughs> I was like... Why are they doing a show at this abandoned warehouse? Well, maybe it's an airplane hangar that's been converted into a restaurant. Yeah, I don't know. It just looked abandoned. Hmm. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this pilot's club is, you know, some bootleg drug smuggler school. (laughs) Orphan smuggler? Definitely. In this universe, absolutely. Right, right. Orphan is the only currency that matters in the Gemisphere. Well, it also would make a lot of sense because if they have their own airport, it would be easy for them to traffic children. That is true. Wow, you got it all figured out, don't you? <laughs> Almost like you've done this before. <laughs> Step one, get airport. <laughs> <laughs> Step two, get children. Step three, get paid. Um. So we have this guy. Oh, wait, no, that was a while ago. <laughs> Yeah, so we're at the we're at the pilots club. We're at the pilots club, and apparently Rio has been learning to fly or something, which I don't. I didn't think it was a good idea, and as it turns out, will not be a good idea because Rio should not be put in front of anything that involves probably carrying other people or you know operating heavy machinery in general. Yeah, probably not. But he he didn't die. <laughs> he didn't die, but he tried to kill some other people. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so that's what I really mean by that. Um, yeah, that was. Rio shouldn't be behind the wheel of anything that could, yeah, cause harm or be death dealing in any way. See, this uh, is this is why we love Christy Marks. She always insists upon Rio, and then also insists upon like really violent situations. Yeah, yeah, like I like I I'm not sure if she's trying to make Rio the worst or make <laughs> Rio appealing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know. What is she doing? Because like Rio? one is a major success, one is a complete failure. <laughs> it's so true. Um, but I'm yeah. proud of Rio. I'm proud of Rio for him having a life outside of Gem and the Holograms because the life within Gem and the Holograms seemed really toxic and unfulfilling. Right, right. So Rio, as we learned, is uh, you know processing his emotions via. Like, I don't know, learning to fly or some shit. He's got a plane. <laughs> He's got a and, plane. Uh, the plane is his dick. But his yeah, exactly, plane exactly. is really he, small. True, compared to some other planes that we see. Because <laughs> Rio asks Jem to quote-unquote see his plane before the show starts. Um, that actually made me wonder, like, where did Rio get the money to buy a plane? Even if it was small. Right. It was the uh, 80s. And that's... Ugh, that's our answer to everything. <laughs> Everything was like four dollars. I don't know. Right, right, right. Exactly. True, true, true. And everyone was making millions. <laughs> uh, anyways, 
When Rio goes to show Jen his plane, we meet some evil pilots. Uh, who I personally enjoy. The McDuffie brothers, I think that was their name. Yeah, um, they were odd. I didn't really understand what vibe I was getting from them. Like, kind of trucker types, but the truckers yeah, but like, are planes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the truckers of the sky. <laughs> um, they, they, did have, they did have a weird vibe of, like, why? Like, it was a weird element to throw into the episode, like, Rio's random rivalry with these two pilots we've never met, nor we'll see again. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, as this so is happening, soups on nets. Uh, <laughs> and as this is happening, uh, the blonde kid from the college kids switch is trying to get into the pilots club to try and, you know, talk to Jem and or Kimber. This is where we see the tallest fence in the world, uh, because the perspective on the animation changes. <laughs> so switch looks like half the height of this fence. But then as he kind of, anyways, it's, it, it was a little sloppy. Um, and he kind of enlists, or he doesn't enlist, the McDuffie brothers basically kind of force him to get into their plane and then make him skydive yes. into the, uh, the holograms show. And when we say is, make him skydive, like, they fucking strap him, like, in a parachute and boot him out the door. Yeah, like, legit made him. Like, he had no <laughs> choice in the matter, didn't really know what was happening, and they <laughs> kick him out of a moving plane. <laughs> explaining how to deploy the fucking parachute. Right. Uh, fortunately, he does not become a fucking uh, smear on the concrete. His, uh, <laughs> his umbrella works. And as he's coming in, though, he's coming in hot right over Gem and the Holograms as they're playing. Uh, and he also uh, hits, hits into some, uh, you know, power lines or power wires which I always love how in this show, wires that become snapped instantly turn into, like, evil lightning snakes. Yeah. They instantly go wild, start spewing electricity, and come for your face. It's great. It's perfect. Um, it's good shit. But good what shit. I was surprised about, like, this didn't cause him to be electrocuted. It didn't cause a fire. They just... No fire, true. ...wiggled. Um, but... Basically, this causes a whole to-do. And I just want to point out that when he falls on the holograms, they're playing very briefly the song, It's Fun to Be Scared. And oh, I fucking love okay. that song because it's really not fun to be scared. <laughs> I love that song because I really do feel it's orphan conditioning of like, it's fun to be scared. You're scared? Get with it. It's fun. This isn't scary. And if it is scary, it's fun. That's so dark. That's so, so dark. Super dark. Super dark. <laughs> but, I mean, I think accurate. Uh, yeah, definitely. Knowing Gem of the Holograms, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Classic Jolograms. Um, um, so, but... Yeah, under the parachute that falls on stage with Switch, he's lying there with Kimber, and they're starting to talk, and they're giggling, having a good time, reminiscing about high school, and then Jem comes in and shits on everything. Right. And I also just love how Kimber points out, like, yeah, this is Switch, a friend of mine from high school that I don't go to anymore. <laughs> right. Like, I'm in grade <laughs> 11, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, poor thing. Uh, but then Rio comes in and is also being the worst. And he's like, hey, right. fella, you're being reckless. Um, sure. 
Um, then this guy blames it on McDuffie. Right. And it, it adds to the whole Rio beef with the McDuffie subplot that I think is, again, pretty unnecessary. Uh, yes. And Switch then explains the whole KMEL situation to Jim. And this is maybe the first time Jim has actually been like, sorry, we don't have the money or the time for this. So, like, see and never. And interestingly, uh, this was the one person who had a personal connection to Kimber. And something oh, Kimber true, would have actually true. wanted to support. So I think yeah, it's a yeah, control yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, she's a control top for sure. <laughs> control um, yeah, I was proud of Jerrica, though, or Jem, whoever Me did too, it. me too. Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it because it's like, yeah, you run, you already run an orphanage. You have a fucking record label. Uh, you're part of a band. Like, bitch, you busy. Just yeah. Just let it go. And you're running yourself into the ground. You're forsaking your personal relationships uh, for Yeah, you have some life. facade going on with this man who feels the need to learn how to fly just so he can sustain a relationship with you because you've chained him to the earth so fiercely? <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, that is what happened. Anyways, uh, we go back to KMEL and Elzer, our boy Els, is uh, ready to sign off and sell the place to Snively Ratface. Uh and he's doing his um, he's doing his final broadcast, which was gonna be the like the cutoff mark to find a new financer or backer. And uh, this is when like Jerrica is now back at Starlight, and she's listening to the radio. Happens to be listening to K M E L and Elzer's final sign off. Uh, and Elzer is basically just explaining the concept of radio, <laughs> which I thought was like a choice. And right? not really inspiring. No. Um, but Jerrica is, I guess, like a patsy. Uh, not exactly deep. Uh, and, like, Elzer comes through with some lines like, look, we've already went through. I'm pro radio. I'm, like, team radio. But Elzer has this line of, like, it's a vital part of a most precious right. Freedom of speech. Which, like, yeah, I suppose, but also, like, <laughs> calm down, radio. Like, freedom of speech will exist without you. I know, right? Like, you ain't shit. Like, people don't like listening <laughs> to you. Uh, yeah, like, relax, Elzer. Um, um, yeah, but Jerrica speeds right off to KML. Um, and while she's on her way, we see that snively rat face comes back for him to sign the contract. And with a lower offer, with a lower offer. With a I lower want. offer because, you know, for the trouble. Yeah, um, like, fuck you, bitch. So, Jem enters in the Nickelback of time, as, you know, <laughs> time always works in this show. Exactly. It's controlled <laughs> by Canadian rock band. <laughs> she comes in to offer them a partnership with Starlight, and I don't see how this is different from what they were initially proposing, but she says they'll pay the bills as long as they can. Yeah, it's it's exactly the same thing they were the college kid was proposing, <laughs> but Jem found some like twisted reality. She could be like, "Oh, this is my decision." Right. Uh, Cuz she's a control Also, top. exactly control top. Uh, <laughs> I want to point out 
her outfit, because Jem comes through looking like a billowy Jackie Kennedy princess, but not in a good way. It looks very messy. Yeah, we've seen this outfit a few times. I I honestly, I like it. I like Jem in a pillbox hat. I think she looks good. I love a I like I like the hat, and I know we've seen this outfit before, but I think maybe we've seen it, like, I guess maybe just, like, animated better, because it seemed a little out of sorts. Mm, I mean, that's entirely possible and quite likely. Right, right. Um, anyway, so Jem makes this, makes this offer, and I think the college kids are standing by, and they're like, oh, all right, nice, well, now we'll name this new station K-Gem. <laughs> Uh, and we're gonna, like, you know, do all these things. This is where I was like, oh, this definitely is, like, a university campus movie, but also, like, one of those ski hill movies <laughs> where, you know, the, like, the douchey rich guy challenges the, like, you know, newcomer dude to a final race down the ski hill. I've never seen a movie like that. Uh, they, it's, the, it's, <laughs> the basic concept is pretty formulaic. It doesn't have to be a ski hill, but, you know... <laughs> The like the uh, the like the the newcomer guy is trying to save the local whatever from being taken over by the rich guy and his you know rich friends or rich dad or whatever and it's all gonna be decided upon some stupid uh, feat of skill that makes no sense and could kill them. Yes, yes, for sure. Like, like, just, like Greece did it. Greece did it. I was just imagining a bunch of movies about ski hills. Not even skiing, dude, but like, but there, but there on. are, <laughs> but there are though. That's the thing. Oh man. Um. So anyway, Jem is super honored that they decided to call it the super uninspired name K Jem. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but K Jem is what it's gonna be, and we we go through basically kind of like a montage of everyone doing shit. For this newly branded K-Gem. And everyone's volunteering their free labor yet again. This is always the cost of Gem being involved in something. Like, yes, we're saving the business, but we're exploiting laborers. Like, it's really, honestly, very 80s. And I know that I say that a lot, but it's like Ronald Reagan being a proponent of trickle-down economics. Like, let's save the business. And it'll help the people. Right, right, right. It won't. Right. It won't. No, dude, you just wasted your fucking time. You didn't get paid for it. Yeah. Um, but everyone is super gung-ho about this. Um, and... And, yeah, we get a, we basically just get kind of get a montage. Like, well, this person is doing that. Rio's flying a fucking plane with a banner for some reason. Because he flies now. Okay, I uh, thought you would have found him attractive in this scene. Because of the Okay, situation. look, I, I, I wrote down in my notes, <laughs> Rio is looking fine as he's ag- about to become an audio engineer. Which apparently he can do. So I did clock his arm situation. It was good stuff. <laughs> with the rolled up sleeves. and I With the rolled up sleeves. I Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know me well. I almost wrote in my own notes, like, Rio's looking foin because I heard your <laughs> voice in my head. Uh, one, I think it's beautiful. I really burned my way in your brain. Uh, two, I am also just glad I've, you know, I've passed along my sight beyond sight to you. Wow, you do not have sight beyond sight, and you didn't pass that shit down to me. I got it <laughs> okay. directly from the source. Oh, okay. And I know you like to think... By Circuit City? <laughs> the Lord of Eyeballs. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. And I know you think 
that you're the Lord of Eyeballs incarnate, but I disagree. I mean, think, no, living it. <laughs> They're all synonyms. Uh, but that's that's a debate for another day. Um, yeah, we have a anyways, lot of those in this episode. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So as this as this montage, real looking hot thingamajig is going on, uh, and then meanwhile, uh, Mr. Lassiter is like, yo, fuck this rebrand situation thing. I want these mother truckers out of here. Uh, it turns out his henchman, Snively Ratfaced, is named Kite. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Kite. Mr. Kite, which I guess kind of sounds sinister, almost like a Batman villain. Yeah, uh, but again, lends... it's not a name. Yeah, not a name. It's a thing. Uh, <laughs> definitely not a name. And uh, Lassiter kind of comes through with like a super heavy ultimatum for uh, Snively Ratfaced Kite. He's like, look, if you fuck this up, like make them go under. Otherwise, like you're fired. Yeah. We love someone who is that straight up, so good for you. Yeah. Come through, Mr. Lassiter. We're here for it. Uh, and we cut to the Misfits. So basically they tell us that they hint that they're going to knock the holograms off the air. Right. And they pick up the Misfits in a limo. And all of them are kind of confused because they're not actually going in the direction of KBST, which of course they know because they just know where KBST is, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is also just Mr. Kite alone. He's flying, he's a kite flying solo. Right. (laughs) Um, So then we cut to KGEM where there's a crowd forming outside. The holograms are setting up on stage and the station is on air. And basically, like, we see the Misfits setting up in their own location, but they're being secretive about it. They don't want to tell us they're, where they are. Yeah, like, the Misfits aren't being secretive. The Misfits are basically being like, why are we here? Like, in why the... do... Yeah, in this place. <laughs> and then Mr. Kite will be like, don't worry, it'll all be revealed soon. Like, they're, it's a little heavy-handed. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Um, it's a lot for no reason. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But regardless, they start playing, uh, as KGEM is about to get on with their, like, 12-hour live music stream, except it's not a stream because it's on radio. Uh, whatever they, whatever the broadcast. Broadcast. Uh, and yeah, as they're, as they get their thing going, the misfits start, start playing and kind of usurp their sound waves uh, which is probably the most scientific explanation we're going to get out of this episode. Because I remember what they say later, and I don't know if it makes sense. Uh, regardless, we get the Misfits song, Listen Up. Listen up. It's it's a good enough song. Um, and it's just like a bunch of radio waves emanating. 
Um, yeah, we get we get an eyeball moment. Um, we do. It's like pizza- yeah, Pizzazz's eyeball turns into the Misfits logo, so that was cute. Yeah, it was like a Misfits contact lens. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and then they turn into radios at some point and yes. like shoot waves at people. I like that. There's um, radio equipment chasing people. Right, 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 right. Um, I wasn't really sure if they were trying to get across the point if the radio waves were brainwashing people or just destroying their brains. I think that one. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Like a melting of the mind situation? I guess. It was like bombarding them with sound because a lot of people were covering their ears from everything. So maybe right, it's right, just right, like right. a symbol for how obnoxious it is. Yeah, um, uh, but then, yeah, they also, the, the music possesses electronics, which fly through the air, like, like mm-hmm. you mentioned, which I really liked. Um, at the very end, though, we basically get, like, a floating television that pizzazz pops out of yes. and becomes kind of gigantic, and I was like, that is a very Freddy Krueger move. I really loved it. <laughs> I love that, too. That was my favorite part of the music video, I think. Along Hands down, me, too. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, Ratface is making an announcement on the radio that they are taking over K-Gem or whatever. They're making it seem like they're they're K-Gem, I think. Right, they're calling themselves K-Jam or something. Oh, K-Jam, that would be clever. I, I, think, I think that's what they were doing. Basically, like, Jerrica asks, like, Jerrica's like, is there anything that we can do? And then we get another quasi-scientific... Uh, explanation that they're only using a thousand watts and that the other people are using like a billion watts. 10,000 watts or more. (laughs) You're really, your counting scale goes like one, two, 300 million. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, Jetta, meanwhile, is very confused and says there's something weird about this. Like, why can't we hear what he's saying? And then we get the FCC Dude, the FCC was my favorite part. Because I swear to God, like, yeah, the FCC is all there. They're all wearing hard hats for some reason. Uh, And he basically sounds like a New Yorker. Like, hey, I'm walking here. Like, he kind of had that whole vibe. Um, But he was also uh, spouting some other science nonsense. Oh, yeah. A lot of the shit he said made no sense. (laughs) Like, form a Um, triangle and have a picture. Yeah, we're going to triangle. Uh, yeah, it, it was a lot of, it was a lot of, um, nonsense, but <laughs> in a hilarious way. Yeah, he was great. Um, all the sponsors of KGEM are angry about how their ads aren't playing and they want their money back and they want answers. And Jerrica at this point is like, okay, I think I know who, who's behind this. I'm going to leave. I'm going to confront Eric. Can we also just point out and spend a moment on her shitty pirate headscarf, which I thought was like a full-on bandana, but actually had more of a cone top. <laughs> like you could see the top of her head through whatever bandana cone she had going on. It was really weird. Was she wearing the baby pink bandana with a blue dress? Was it that outfit? I don't know if it was the blue dress, but it was definitely the baby pink bandana that, that takes up most of her head and is like kind of like tied at the back yeah I but i thought one. i thought it always took over her entire scalp like you know a condom situation but <laughs> there was like there was an opening at the top like a foreskin situation <laughs> both so situations thinking- are like she's she's 
you know, a penis regardless. But um, it just so depends. So you're saying you like it or you don't like it? I don't like it. Like, okay, well, look. I like foreskin, but I didn't like that hat. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I don't like that hat either. Uh, definitely from the Jerrica shitty hat collection. Um, but yeah, Jerrica goes to Eric. Eric is like, I have no idea where the misfits are. Um but and, okay, but also speaking of foreskin, like what if you were your mutant power was having four different types of skin all at the same time and that was your code name foreskin? <laughs> <laughs> would it be layers of skin or would you have like I feel like it would be like a patchwork. Like a patchwork situation, then maybe you can make one skin like kind of dominant for a little while, but your relaxed mode is always foreskin. <laughs> What situation would that even be, like, useful in? I guess, like, if you're around the police. Yeah, the police, I get maybe international espionage. Uh, yeah, I guess if you need a disguise. But then it just kind of seems like you're changing your race. Or is it, like, you have a little bit of snake skin. You have a little bit of yeah, cowhide. True. And yeah, it depends what kind of, like, skin we're going for here. <laughs> maybe, like, one is, like, rock skin. That'd be, that'd be cool. <laughs> You know, rock skin. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that. <laughs> Anyways, foreskin, the adventures of forthcoming novella series. Um, for wait, yeah, foreskin part four. Uh, I don't uh, know. Force to <laughs> face the foursome. <laughs> The frightful four by foursome. Four, or four on oh, four. four by four could be his. Ah, oh, maybe it would be a sidekick, or maybe even his mentor. <laughs> four by four is not a mentor's name. Oh, okay, all right. It sounds like kind of an idiot. Like, uh, or maybe it could be his like mechanized fighting truck. Like this is like I'm gonna hop into the four <laughs> by four. Isn't a four by four also like some sort of piece of wood that you can beat people with? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like a yeah, a piece of wood. Yeah, so it could be some oh, like brute. Nice. You know, it could be like a guy with like a piece of wood that he bludgeons over people's heads. <laughs> the theme of my day, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I yeah. love bludgeoning. You're you're a bludgeon babe. <laughs> um. So anyway, the fucking FCC truck is there. Um, Eric in Eric's office. Um, they're trying to figure out what's happening. Jerrica believes Eric when he says it's not him behind this. Um, right. and that they and they kind of deal. have a yeah they have a kind of a coming together moment of like all right Eric I believe you but let's let's find out what's going on here. Yeah. So basically, Eric made a deal with KBST, um, not K Jam or whatever. Um, and Jerrica here lays it out for everyone and says, not even you are dumb enough to do a pirate broadcast, which is what is happening. Um, so they head over to KBST for answers and Laxative is denying everything. Right. And Jerrica even says, you're a cool one, Lassiter. <laughs> which it. I loved as a line. I loved as a line. And, and then, they basically... Okay, go ahead, go ahead. And then he says, I look forward to having you as my enemy. I know, Miss Benton. <laughs> like, what? 
I was like, am I watching Game of Thrones right now? Yeah, it was so good. It um, was really, really good. I, I don't think we see Lasseter ever again, though. I hope we do. Me too. Um. So basically, he denies everything and is like, listen, like, you talked to Ratface, not me, so there's nothing you can pin on me. Right, right. Um, and so they're still trying to figure out uh, with the FCC guys where the signal is coming from. FCC and- doing a very poor job of their job. <laughs> right. I'm going to point that out. They don't know what's going on. Uh, and Rio realizes or gets a hunch or an inkling that it's probably... He uses his new pilot senses to sense <laughs> pilots in the nearby area. Uh, and yeah... Figures like the McDuffies must be in on it for some reason, and they're using planes to do something. <laughs> uh, and that's when, like, Rio, like, I guess kind of like, yeah, like, sees there's like a plane flying overhead, and then <laughs> proceeds to get into his plane and start a plane fight. Like, it makes no sense. He could have killed everybody. Yeah, that doesn't make, yeah, that, that's not how planes work. Not uh, how planes work. Not uh, in the slightest. Um, uh, I think this is where we also, like, we actually get to reveal the misfits are in a plane. Because uh, right. Rio, yeah, like, makes the the plane that the misfits are in veer out of the way from his, like, jettisoning jet that is <laughs> essentially going to crash into them unless they evade, which is pretty fucking unsafe. Yeah, he's basically forcing them to land, which thereby ends the broadcast. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh when they land, the police are there to meet the misfits who are like, we didn't do anything. We didn't know it was a pirate broadcast. And right, Jer- and they get arrested. And I'm like, this is like a little rough because like they are innocent, as Jerica, Jerica points out. Yeah, and she's like, isn't there anything you can do? And Rio's like, yeah, I'll do something about it tomorrow. <laughs> Which I was like, okay, so he has that shitty little laugh. And then I was like, like Rio, how are you going to help the misfits and er- or Eric get the misfits out of fucking jail. And then I was like, okay, this is just an excuse to fuck with Eric tomorrow and not have to like explain anything to fucking Jerrica. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah. Fucking. It's Rio. been a while since they had a rendezvous, you know? <laughs> um, so, okay. They return to K gem and they start singing K gem. Not okay, Jem. Oh, yeah. Oh, like Jem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not o- yeah. Not okay, Jem. Not okay, Jem. <laughs> and I guess they're pretty cool K Jem graphics. I mean, like li- neon signs and strobe lights. And yeah, but we see a little you. bit. We see a little bit too much of it, and it's pretty yeah, it's aggressive pretty with the way. Yeah, it comes at your face. It's like whoa. Yeah, I want someone to be demure and gentlemanly when they come at my face. Yeah, like I want, I want to be given a little bit of warning. Uh, <laughs> you know, I want a good splatter, not necessarily a focused blast. <laughs> splatter. Um. <laughs> I want it ac- like a- across the face, a rat, like 
in my face, not necessarily at my face. Mm, of course, of course. Yeah. Um. So yeah, people are jamming to this fucking sick cage of <laughs> ad. Have you ever seen people rocking out to a jingle? Neither have I until now, and it's not believable. Uh, no, it is not. No, it is not in the slightest. Uh, it's making everyone walk really strange. It's some sort of like walking <laughs> down the street moment. I was like, what is this brainwashing broadcast? I know. Um, yeah. There's a hot air balloon with a sign that says K-Gem. A lot of K-Gems. Okay, Gem? I've had it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and that brings us to the end of this episode. Right. The end of the episode. I do agree that they probably had some sort of like, be your own radio broadcaster on K-Gem, like, doll set. <laughs> yeah, it's an odd angle to use. I don't know who would have bought that. But actually, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I get it. No, I was like, a, I was like kind of a gimmick toy, again, in the 80s. Uh, where you could, like, record yourself and, like, listen back. I would buy that. Or at least be compelled to buy that. Yeah, for sure. I bought a lot. I, I forced my parents to buy a lot of stupid shit from very, very clever uh, toy commercials. Yeah, I think, okay, I didn't have many, many toys. I had, a, like, a lot of Barbies and shit. Um, but I had a skateboard Shannon. Do you the remember that? skateboard Shannon? <laughs> Some... Yeah, please. It's, I actually maybe it's go a on. flash in the pan. It's basically this doll that has a skateboard that you control with a remote control. Oh, I I'm not aware of skateboard Shannon. I like to get to know skateboard Shannon. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You just have this like remote control fucking skateboard that you can drive around the house with Shannon or not. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, okay, okay. Skateboard not necessarily uh, needed for the Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so who do we think is the baddest bitch of the episode? Uh, I, okay, either, uh, my personal nominations are bitchy male secretary or, uh, Mr. Lassiter. Mr. Lassiter. I'm sorry. It has to be him. Perfect. Perfect. Put it, like, put that, hook me up to the decatheter. Mr. <laughs> <Lassiter>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's what I, I knew there was something I could write on with Lassiter. I just didn't know what it was until right now. I'm going to take a pass at her. Oh, okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, but let's, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. He, he, he was just so evil. He was so good. I would say the receptionist could be in the running, but he just didn't get quite enough of him. I, I agree. He didn't have call. a... He didn't have a wow moment outside of his look, personally. It was just like his, his image was notable. Um, and we rarely see bitchy male secretaries in general. No. And uh, I'm here for them. I see you. I want to see more of you. You matter. I mean, let's not go far. Uh, <laughs> but Mr. Lassiter brought some, you know, like savvy evil CEO energy, which we actually don't get a lot of because Eric brings yes. more the, uh, the, the slime ball CEO yeah, this guy actually seems to be, like, good at what he does and is confident yeah, exactly. in Successful. his ability to fuck people out of their money. Right, right, right. Figuratively and literally. Yes, exactly. Um, so, weakest bitch. Um, I guess Rio for that stunt. Yeah, but that being said, it was, it was a dangerous stunt. Yeah, it was kind of a bad bitch moment. It kind of was, despite being entirely rec reckless and unsafe. I was going to say either... Yeah, L's or Snively Rafix. 
I'm going to say Els because, like, he didn't really take charge of saving his radio station. It was pretty much everyone around him was volunteering their free time to work for him. And he was just willing to sign away his ownership of the radio station without even reading the contract. Yeah, his legacy, his life's work didn't even yeah. pay it any mind. Had to get a bunch of fucking stupid kids named Switch and Mondo to shade save things. <laughs> These like pervert 37-year-olds masquerading as 19-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Elzer Marcus, a last name where a first name should be and a first name where a last name should be. <laughs> That's what they called him. That was his nickname in college. The full thing. Uh, you are the weakest bitch of the episode. Yeah. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Sorry. 0% sorry. 0%. Um, so yeah, with all of that out of the way, and we did take you on a journey. We had lots of things to say about this episode. A lot of it all, irrelevant. All, a lot of things, yeah, a lot of things not to say about this episode as well. I'll point out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you want to catch more of our antics online, you can check us out on Twitter and on Instagram at Gem Girls Podcast. We do memes. We make posts. And you're going to love them. Wow. That was <laughs> not the best pitch. But whatever. <laughs> we, do those, we do memes and posts. <laughs> With words and yeah. or pictures yeah you can add an emoticon to appreciate them um anyways though do check us out on the social meets but also as you're preparing to do that with your hand on your phone already and you got the thumb on the screen uh you're already listening to the podcast so wherever you happen to be listening to it from you should rate us and review us and by rate us and review I mean, five stars. Five stars, mm-hmm. five stars exactly. I don't know why we keep saying it. I feel like we know this point. Uh, it doesn't really need to be said. I think it's the most important no, part. Just, it goes it without just, saying, for sure. It goes without saying, but I'm saying it now because we're desperate and uh, needy. Um, you know, a positive <laughs> review and five stars. Give us six, or at least try. Try. The, effort, the effort's there. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, with all that said and done, until next time... Stay, Stay outrageous. outrageous.